What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no. <laughs> Hello. Live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely... <coughs> If not, a little steamy, Kenson, North Carolina. Unseasonably warm uh, here in uh, late January in God's country, Kenston, North Carolina. It is finally Friday. It's, oh, God, this has been a long week. I, I am not going to lie to you. I know I, I use the finally Friday thing a lot, Scott Whittington, but I'm telling you, thank God it is finally Friday, January the 26th in the year of the Lord 2024. This is episode 1010. It's 1010 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey-Y. Those two gentlemen will be joining me at the end. I couldn't say gentlemen. I couldn't get it out. Uh, those two dudes will be joining me at the end of the second hour today for today's birthday game. We've got a very special one. My niece turns 20 today, man. Kara Hanks, and I know we'll get into it in the birthday game, but... You know, I hate Facebook. I mean, we've talked about that. Facebook is just, it's a cesspool. It is what it is. But there are times there that that rare sliver of 5 to 10% of the time when it's actually a pretty good thing. My brother put up a post about uh, his daughter, my niece, turning 20 today. And it's just, it's, it's, I've got some cold, dark, dark cockles in my heart, okay? John Dawson, Jonathan Massey, they know this. But, man, seeing my, my little niece as a baby and then seeing her today, man, thank you, Facebook. I mean, that, that's one of the things, one of the positives that comes out of Facebook, being able to see stuff like that. And, uh, man, happy birthday to my beautiful, beautiful niece. And uh, my brother said he's just, he's not, he's not good right now. His baby is 20 years old. And I can understand that. So, uh, happy birthday, Kara, and a happy Friday, Everybody here on the uh, Brian Hanks show. We have another great show for you today. You drinking my cranberry juice? Okay. Uh, we have it. I don't care. We have another. Hey, I'm drinking one of your Cokes, okay? Fair is fair. Hey, we have another great show for you today. Joining me in less than 20 minutes on our Spence Automotive guest line. He's a regular Friday visitor in our Carolina Hurricanes, NHL, NASCAR, Baltimore Ravens, uh, ECU Pirates. Uh, what else can? What else is he in it? Army. Uh, being a new daddy, he's an expert on about nineteen different things. Scott Whittington. Well, it's not Scott Whittington. It's Scott Whittington's big brother, Paul Whittington, will be joining us. I know you're excited about that. Oh yeah, always, always uh, excited to have him on, and I'm always excited when I have the opportunity to be on with him. It's always a fun time. And I get to listen to you two commiserate <laughs> over your Baltimore Ravens. You're not nervous, though, are you? You shouldn't be. I mean, I, I think I, it's going to be a good game. I've, I've gone into every week uh, this year a little nervous. You know, the Niners game, the Dolphins last week, and it's 
the Browns game at home earlier this year? Sorry, I didn't yeah, mean to bring that up. Uh, <laughs> you know, just went in a little nervous, of course. But, I mean, don't sleep on playoff Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. There you go. I think it's going to be a heck of a game. It's going to be a great game. I tell you what, Vegas seems to think you guys are going to win this thing, though, dude. It started at, what, three points? It played around at three. You know, hey, we're on bet on the Bulls, so we got to talk about this stuff, okay? okay. But uh, it started at three. It was a solid yeah. three-point, and then it went that. to three and a half. Dude, in some books right now, as I pull up my VegasInsider.com, it's three and a half to four points all across the board right now. I'm dude. looking to see what. I usually just go, for me, I'm not a that big of a betting yeah. guy, but I always just go off what ESPN ESPN says. What are they saying? I hadn't even oh noticed. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. It's four. Four? Dude, I'm telling you. And it's gone. I mean, for for a point spread, and again, I'm just a uh, beginning better. I'm not, you know, super good like uh, Keith Spence. Well, it was you a know, fun morning guys. on the show, guys. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, dude, that, but that shows that Vegas yeah. is confident in you, though. And the yeah. money is coming in for the Ravens. Yeah. I wonder how much of it has to do with how you guys just handled Houston last week. I mean, that it wasn't even much of a much of a contest last week. Yeah. Uh, in the second half, first half was a good game. It was 10-10 at halftime, but Yeah. And um you know, after the game reports came out about what happened during halftime whenever apparently Lamar Jackson went in and uh, got into him and they asked him to repeat what he said. He said, it's not appropriate for television. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what though, I'm really excited. And I love before every game, just listening to uh, Roquan Smith's pregame speeches. I don't know if you've heard them. I've seen bits and pieces of them. The people are calling him Ray Lewis 2.0 when it comes to that. And, uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm ready to run through a brick wall after hearing him get the team hyped up. Has Roquan uh, killed somebody? Well, you said 2.0, so I didn't know if that meant that he had Brian, you know, followed uh, in Brian, the footsteps Brian, of uh... – Brian, Brian. <laughs> yes, Scott. Be quiet. <laughs> My favorite joke. And it always, if I want to poke the bear with Paul or Scott – all I have to do is just bring up, uh, you know, Ray Lewis killing uh, people at the Super Bowl uh, in Atlanta a few years ago. Okay. Right. <laughs> We're off to a great start. I season. know we are. Paul Whittington will be joining us here. Uh, we're going to talk to him about, man, big dude. I went to bed last night, and Carolina Hurricanes were up 3-1. to one. Evident, Did you watch the rest of the game last night? Yeah, when I woke back up, I watched the rest of it. <laughs> Dude, evidently uh, the Devils made a game of it last night. Ended up they being did. three to two. So, uh, but hey, uh, the, the Canes hung on. They're in pretty good shape right now, dude. They, I mean, they've got a big home. This started a five-game homestand last mm-hmm. night. I know we've got the NHL All-Star game in the middle of it or whatever, but mm-hmm. still, I'm telling you, uh, our Canes are looking pretty good right now. They are. They are. They're making strides right back. Uh, you know, right back to the top. They're trying to. Huh. Hoping they catch those New York Rangers. Uh, J- Jack Pasolek, we're on you, man. We're coming. Are you going to go to that game? Um, i got to look that up real quick. Dude, you know the the Rangers are playing at uh, oh, dude, at uh, Carolina sometime in the next little bit. And, yeah. Dude, I- I'm here for it, man. I want to see so, that game, dude. As of this morning, Carolina Hurricanes are two points back. Yeah, give of, that update while the, uh, the schedule here. Of the New York Rangers in the Metropolitan Division, the uh, New York Rangers lead the Metropolitan Division with 61 points. The Carolina Hurricanes at 59. The Philadelphia Flyers at 56. And uh, New Jersey Devils, who lost to the Hurricanes last night, were trying to 
make a play in the standings last night, but they're at 51 points. Um, and also we got to talk about a, a big one. The night before, Carolina Hurricanes went to the Garden in Boston on national television and beat the beat the Atlantic Division leading Boston Bruins, who have 69 points, beat them three to two. And uh, so two two back to big back to back wins by the Hurricanes, and see if they can keep it going uh, this weekend. I think I believe when they play the Coyotes tomorrow. Yes, they do. They yes, host the they Arizona play. Clay Whittington's Arizona Coyotes uh, tomorrow at seven o'clock. Dude, I got to tell you, it's March. Hey, Jacques Passelig, March the twelfth, Tuesday, March the twelfth. We'll already be five points ahead of them by then. <laughs> Listen to you, man. From your lips to God's ears, okay? There you go. There you go. Okay, Paul Whittington will be joining us here in, good Lord, in about 10 minutes. Man, we've been rambling. Hey, it's Friday. You know what that means, don't you, uh, Scott Whittington? Fridays with IP. There you go, TGIF with IP. Look at you over there. It's our weekly NIL visit with former Kenston High School star and Winston-Salem State junior point guard Isaac Parson. Uh, he's going to catch us up on the Rams' recent games. Uh, they had a big win against Shaw on uh, Wednesday. Uh, dude, they've got an even bigger game tomorrow, and I hate that we're going to miss it because we've gone. We went last year or two years ago. Did you go with us to Fayetteville I State? Not. I couldn't remember. I know uh, your mom went, and Judge Annette Turek went, and the sassy, the whole Sassy's crew. Dude, we had us a, a contingent about 20, 25 strong of uh, Winston-Salem State fans at Fayetteville State uh, a couple of years ago. And I'm not going to be able to make it tomorrow because I'm going to be on the mic for uh, the new Hanover versus Kinston game. Uh, which oh, I don't, Hey, don't get it twisted. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Love being on the mic for those games. But uh, we're yeah. going to miss the Fable State game. But uh, but we're going to talk to IP about all that. Kind of, you know, a couple weeks ago they were on a six-game winning streak, hadn't lost since November, and they've actually uh, come back down to earth a little bit. They're 2-2 two and two in their last four games. Going to find out uh, what they're doing to get that turned around. And, again, like I said, talk about the Shaw game. Uh, talk about the uh, big Fayetteville State game that is tomorrow. And, dude, it's just special. Winston-Salem State versus Fayetteville State. It's big here in Kenston. I mean, we've got a lot of Rams alums here. Dude, we got a lot of Fayetteville State alums, too. We and, do. of course, the first one that comes to mind for me and for you is? Junior Smith the third. Exactly, man. I mean, when I think about Fayetteville State, that's the first person I think of. Mm-hmm. Is uh, And then I think of uh, – we've got so many Fayetteville State alums yeah. here in Kinston and Lenore County. But uh, that should be a big game. But that's not all. TGIF with IP. And then right after that, his former coach and head basketball coach at Kinston High, Perry Tindall. He's going to be joining us to preview tonight's game at South Lenore. And then – the big annual game versus Wilmington New Hanover. Uh, that's going to be big tomorrow. It uh, should be. I mean, New Hanover is a really good team, a good 4A team coming in here to Kinston. I think it's going to be a good test for. Uh, listen, Leo Lockhart just uh, jumped in here and said New Hanover is really good. Leo, are you going to be on the call tomorrow? That's the big question. Now he'll probably be at a college game. Maybe. All right. Maybe. Probably. But yeah. dude, he was. Let me tell you something. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But he was at the uh, New Hanover – New Hanover. He was at the uh, Winston-Salem State Shaw game. He, I mean, he refed that game. Nice. He was a referee at that game, and he sent me a couple nice. pictures. This is what's really cool. He said uh, every time he called a foul against WSSU, they put a picture of Stephen A. Smith up on the Jumbotron just shaking his head. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that is funny. He thought he was – he said, I was dying laughing. 
So uh, that, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. good but uh, man, Leo Lockhart, man, we got to get him back here on the show. Yeah, we man. do. We got to. He, but I, I love his contributions every morning here on the show. Okay, uh, but so there you go. Paul Whittington here in the first hour. Isaac Parson, Perry Tindall in our second hour. And uh, we will have quite the show for you. I got to tell you, and, you know, I talked to you about it last night when I got back from it, but uh, fun game last night for, for a while with Rochelle and Contentia Savannah. You're a Contentia Savannah alum, right? Yeah. <laughs> you wrote your eyes when I said that. Yeah. I'm taking not a, well, anyway, anyway. I was pulling for Rochelle. There you go. Uh, man, packed out house. Uh, they asked me to do the PA for them since it was the eighth grade game, so – you know, uh, I I got to add a little energy to it. Not here's the crazy thing though, dude. Let me tell you this. And uh, back to Leo for a second. He said he's going to be Claflin at Johnson C. Smith uh, tomorrow, so he's not going to be uh, in Kenston tomorrow. Uh, but back to Rochelle, Continue Savannah. Man, you want to talk about an awesome environment, dude? It was incredible, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, the end zones were about two or three people deep. I mean, there was not a seat that in the stands and you know they have so small stands there anyway rochelle doesn't exactly hold you know three thousand people or anything mm-hmm. like that probably with the stands and everything it was probably i i, I would be afraid to guess because i don't want to get him in trouble if the fire marshal's listening yeah but uh, let's just say it was packed you've been there for some packed games on top of everything dude it was you know what was it 75 degrees yesterday mm-hmm. so you may think I'm crazy here, Scott, but I'm I'm serious. It had to have been 88, 90 degrees yeah, in there, I was, okay? I was hearing from a good friend, Tyler Bowie, yeah. about how hot it was last night. He was texting me, oh, my God, the AC doesn't exist in this place. Dude, I had sweat running down in my butt crack, man. I mean, it was just, it was hot. I probably didn't need to add that. No, no. Um, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, man, just, uh, just the... Uh, the girls' game was a good game. Uh, Contenti actually won that game. 52-46 to 46 came from behind uh, to win that game. Uh, it was eighth grade night, so we celebrate all the eighth graders. Doing it. And I don't know what it is about the acoustics in that gym, man. They are spectacular. Yeah. Okay? I mean, the fans were loud. They were proud. It was awesome. Uh, like I said, the girls' game was good. We get into the boys' game, and – I think, well, I'm leading up to something that you can obviously tell. Yeah. And it was really hot in there. And then, man, poor players, they just started slipping and sliding. And, man, Perry Tindall, you're right, Coach Bowie, uh, Coach Fink, were down in one end zone. They had towels. And every time the action would go back up to the other side of the court, this is Coach Tindall, the the. The yeah. head basketball coach of Kansas, he's out there on the court. Uh, I mean, they're just wiping down the floor because, I mean, man, the poor players, they would go up and do a layup, and then they would hit the floor after, you know, let and just slide and fall. I mean, it was becoming an ice rink in there. It really was. Uh, so I think that kind of led into it a little bit. Uh, like I said, the fans were just really into it. And let me tell you something, dude. Contentia had a pretty good contingent of fans there, too. I mean, man. I was surprised. They, had, they probably – Honestly, Scott, they probably had 30% of the gym in there last yeah. night, okay? So, anyway, it all leads to this. A, uh, a Contenia player got hit in the noggin with an elbow and uh, just, how can I say this gently? It wasn't responded to well by Contenia fans, and I'm not pointing fingers at Contenia, Rochelle, or anybody, but uh, the mother of the player ran out on the court, and uh, which should never happen anyway. I, no, I don't care. Should not. Yeah. 
Uh, and it just it, it ended up turning. They actually resolved that situation. And listen, two people that I'm going to point out here that did a fantastic job last night with all the mayhem and everything that was going on. Number one, Antonio Pearl Hardy was one of yeah. the referees in the game. Let me tell you something, uh, Scott Whittington. He was he he did as well as he could. Yeah. With that, with all I, again, bear in mind, it's hot, it's sticky, it's jam packed in there. They're emotional fans. It was a close game, dude. In fact, Rochelle ended up winning the game, uh, forty-two to thirty-seven. I mean, it was a good game, uh, but uh, Pearl just did a as good as he could. Yeah, as good as he could. Man, the other person I want to point out that was amazing was uh, Rochelle's principal, uh, Terry Wooten. I don't know if you know Miss Wooten. Uh, but she was amazing too. I mean, you want to talk about somebody taking charge and, uh, uh, I, again, I don't know how well you know her. I don't know her that well. Other I, than don't, just I don't know her that well, school. but I know of her. <laughs> she, she was amazing. So yeah. those were the two big ones to me were, uh, Pearl Hardy and, uh, Miss Terry Wooten, uh, did a really good job, but, uh, it ended up uh, there ended up being some uh, some disagreements in the stands. Now let me tell you something. This wasn't the players. This yeah. wasn't kids. I mean, this wasn't like high school kids that were there. It was freaking parents. Uh, yeah. Scott Whittington, almost like the situation at Parrot Academy a couple of days before, where parents were trying to run out. And I'm going to call them out. John Paul II parents were trying to run out on the court. To sell, uh, because they beat a three-win parrot team, and no, Coach Harrell, I'm not denigrating your team, but I mean, you win on the road, and you're trying to rush the court as a parent, and security kindly tells you, Scott Whittington, please stay in the stands. You know, you, yeah. you don't come out, and then you assault a, a security guy who, by the way, also happens to be a Lenore County Sheriff's Office deputy. Not a good idea, Scott Whittington, okay? Not, not, not a great idea. Not, <laughs> not, 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 not the best of ideas. Not the, a bad night for them, and there are going to be charges pressed in that, too. We're probably going to be announcing that later on today at the Lenore County Sheriff's Office. But anyway, back to last night. <clears throat> they ended up cutting the game short about 345 left to go, 347, I think, something like that. I should have brought my notebook in here because I was uh, keeping stats. You know how I do. You see me up there uh, keeping stats and stuff. But, uh, man, a gr eighth grade night. This is what bothers me, Scott. And I'm freaking parents, man. Yeah. It's parents. And I, I, this is eighth grade night for these kids. Their final game as uh, basketball players for both Rochelle Middle School and Contentia Savannah. And that's how you're going to end the night is showing your, showing your butt and, you know, and ruining it for the kids. And it just, it bothers me. It just, it yeah. absolutely, I, and again, this isn't the kids. Okay. This wasn't Rochelle, you know, the kids or Kenson kids or a lot of Kenson high school kids there, dude, this was parents in the stands being buttholes, man. And that's a, the, the nicest way that I know to say it, dude. And it just made me sick. And again, these poor eighth grade kids, and I'm talking about on both sides for Rochelle and Contania. That's how they're going to remember their final game as a middle school basketball player or the cheerleaders or all that. Man, Continue had their cheerleaders out there. Rochelle had their cheerleaders. It was awesome. It was such a great environment, and it ruined by stupid parents, dude. Your response. How, how much time was left in the game? About 347. And at 42-37, anybody could win. I was win. about to say, and they called it for, at 42-37. Uh, Sunlight like was a great atmosphere, a great night, a great game going on. Um, I hope the hope the parents 
that did that this morning wake up feeling proud or whatever they want to about themselves for taking away from their kids, um, you know, ruining a, a great basketball game. I mean, that game sounds like it could have went either way. And, oh, it could. And, and we had had a really good game. And, you know, what basketball means to this community at every level. Um, I mean, I saw people this week getting hyped up for rec basketball at Fairfield. I mean, you know what basketball means here. And to take away from that, take away from the kids and their last time putting a probably a middle school uniform on, I mean, it it's very upsetting hearing everything that happened last night. I was not there. Um, but, I was surprised. But oh, just, did, did Diesel tell you how I introduced myself to him? Diesel came in. Uh during the middle of the uh, girls game and I stuck my hand on and I said, hi, I'm Scott Weddington. <laughs> oh God. Um, but no, just hearing everything that took place is very upsetting. And, um, I, I feel, I feel for those kids this morning. Um, I feel, I feel for Savannah's, uh, players knowing, yeah. knowing the game got called like that and they, they felt like they had a shot, um, to go win the ball game. Yep. I mean, I, I feel for both, both teams this morning, and uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry that the parents took away from that. Ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. Again, let me reiterate, the two people I want to point it was uh, Pearl Hardy. Dude, when the last, like I said, they had the incident where a kid got hit in the, in the noggin with an elbow accidentally. I mean, dude, it was just going, it was a basketball mm-hmm. play. You know, how many of those have yeah. you, hundreds of those have you seen through the years, Scott? And it was what it was, and that's that started it when the parent ran out on the floor, and it was, uh, it, oh man, Jason Bryant, thank you, thank you. He says, I sincerely hope all of this is documented, and the people involved or banned from attending school events in the future. Amen, Jason yeah. Bryant. Could not say it any better myself. But uh, again, let me reiterate, uh, Pearl Hardy was amazing, Scott. <laughs> After the second series of things started, and there's more fights in the stands and whatever. Dude, you would have loved this guy. He just waved his hands and said, "Game over." And <laughs> he and the other and seriously, and he and the other referee uh, ran out, ran into uh, you know back there where uh, the referees dress and everything. And I liked it. I mean, he just like, "Hey, this nonsense is over." And then that is when uh, Principal Terry Wooten and her crew and uh, the Kansas Police Department, you know, they had several people there too, and they just they kept people off the court and they said, "Game over. Time to go home." Yeah, you don't have to go home, Scott Whittington, but guess what? Can't stay here. Yeah, can't stay here, and they really handled it well. I got to tell you, man, handled extremely well. Yeah. Out in the parking lot, they, you know, everybody, they were taking care of stuff. Man, Terry Wooten, she has got a really good crew over at Rochelle Middle School, and I I wish I knew all their names because, I mean, they were all working their butts off last night, keeping things under control. I got to tell you, dude. There was never, and you know, and people can say, oh, did you feel safe? Dude, there was never, and I mean this sincerely, there was never any point where I felt unsafe. I mean, and myself or anybody else that was in there, other than the idiot parents who were up there messing it up for everybody else. So, enough about that. Again, Pearl Hardy, kudos. Uh, Rochelle Principal, Terry Wooten, kudos. I mean, they couldn't have handled that, all of that mess any better than they did. Okay. Uh, just real quick, cause we need to get Paul up here on the line with us. Let's, let's hit all this, uh, LCC men's basketball. They've lost four in a row, dude. And I know LCC means a lot to you being your alma mater and all. Yeah. Wow. 
my phone thought that I somehow I, I said something that got Siri started there. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, they uh, play at Catawba Valley Community College uh, Saturday at 3. Uh, ECU men's basketball, they're home versus Temple Saturday at 5. Do you want my tickets or are you going to go to uh, the Kenston game Saturday? Or are you working at ECU? I'm, I'm, I'm working somewhere else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very good. ECU women's basketball. Uh, they a big win for them last night. They won at Florida Atlantic last night, seventy eight seventy four. Their second straight victory, dude. You need to tell everybody about Danae McNeil, man. Is she, she she's not special. the real deal? She is special. She's a she's a fun player to watch. Um, every time she hits the floor, you know it's just gonna be. You don't know what's gonna happen. It, it's just it, it's fun watching her play. Um, glasses glasses in the purple and gold. That's for sure. She's gonna be playing uh, professionally, dude. Mm-hmm. 30 points last night, yeah. dude. How about that? 30 points, a rebound, two assists, and four steals. My my Joyner uh, from Farmville Central had 15-9 and one. She added two blocks there at South Florida Saturday noon. That's going to be on ESPNU, dude. We'll be able to watch that game before we go to uh, – before I go to Kenston High School uh, tomorrow for the game. Uh, ACC, real quick. Uh, they didn't play any games last night, obviously, but a big schedule of games tomorrow. Carolina is at Florida State. That's at 2 o'clock on ESPN. Your Dukies, they are at home against Clemson. Uh, that's at 4 o'clock on ESPN. The uh, God-fearing Cavahoos uh, of the University of Virginia, they are at Louisville tomorrow on the CW Network. I'm not excited about the CW Network, but it'll be fun to watch Virginia. Man, I'm going to have, before I go to Kent tomorrow, dude, I'm going to have all three TVs going with uh, college basketball go. tomorrow. Excited about that. And then NC State is at Syracuse tomorrow. Uh, that game is on the ACC Network, and that is at 7 o'clock. Uh, we're going to talk Carolina Hurricanes here in a minute. Uh, real quick, uh, let me tell you, uh, let me, I tell you what, we're going to get him on the line because we are running way, way, way over here. <laughs> Jason Bryant said, see how long you can go with Paul without mentioning the Ravens. LOL. Jason, be quiet. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. I like it, Jason. That's awesome. Okay, let's get uh, Paul up here on the line with us. But let me tell you, uh, tonight, high school basketball, uh, Kenston is at South Lenore. Uh, and then uh, Kenston will be back home tomorrow uh, against Wilmington, New Hanover. We will be talking to uh, Perry Tindall about that in our second hour. North Lenore is off tonight. Uh, they will be back in action Tuesday when they uh, host Southwest Onslow Parrot Academy. Man, tough night for them last night. Uh, they started, did you hear about that game last night, uh, Scott? Uh, they started, they were at Wilson Greenfield, which, you know, that's that's tough enough as it yeah. is. They were behind 24 to nothing in the first period. No, no, wow. <laughs> yeah. They ended up uh, losing 76-34, but uh, they dropped to 3-14 and 14 overall. Tough season for uh, Coach uh, Clay Harrell, but he's going to get those boys turned around. I'm not worried about that whatsoever. Uh, and we do need to mention Greenfield, coached by former South Lenore star Rob Salter. And I know a guy you've talked to several years uh, oh, yeah. through the Holiday Invitational. Uh, Bethel Christian Academy, they are at Wilson Christian tonight. Green Central is at North Pitt. Aiden Grifton is at West Craven. Joan Sr., their boys won last night 65-54. to the girls lost those 62 to 39. The Trojans, <laughs> they are at Lejeune uh, tonight. Uh, hometown heroes, real quick. Uh, da, 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 nobody played last night. Am I right about that? No, Dante Ellis and Pitt Community College. They dropped to 4 and 13 overall. They lost at Lewisburg last night, 91 to 70. No stats on uh, Pitt's page. Uh, 
Coach uh, Claude Shields and uh, William Peace University. If you remember Claude Shields from Parrot Academy? Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost at North Carolina Wesleyan up in Rocky Mount last night, 76-69. to 69. The Pacers of William Peace University, they are at Keith Spence's Pfeiffer University. Do you know where Pfeiffer is? Uh Sounds like a German town. It is. It is. Yeah. Paul Whittington, who's on our Spence Automotive guest line. That You get cool points now with Keith Spence if you get this right, Paul. Where is Pfeiffer University? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Meisenheimer. Meisenheimer, North yeah, Carolina. Well, Scott did say it sounds sounded German. <laughs> it did, and it, he's right. It is. It's a German. Yeah. And so you just can't say Meisenheimer. You have to put that no. like mean German accent in there, Meisenheimer. Which I guess any any town or city that you say like that probably sounds a little bit German. Kenton, <laughs> Kenton, <Springfield. laughs> dude, I love it, man. Paul Whittington joining us on our Spence Automotive Meisenheimer uh, oh, guest line right now. Oh, my God, dude. Sorry we're a couple minutes late, but I had to go off on the uh, Rochelle uh, Contentious Savannah game last night. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> Spence says, go Falcons. I guess that's a, it's a Pfeiffer Falcons. So, oh, yeah. uh, there you go. H- how do you spell Pfeiffer over there, Scott Whittington? I know it starts with a P. Yes, it does. Okay. All right. Continue. <laughs> Can you spell Pfeiffer, Scott, or uh, Paul Whittington? Uh, nope. Man, this P-F-I-F-E-R. P-F-E-I-F-F-E-R. Pfeiffer. Oh, no. No. <laughs> I got all the letters right. Just you did get the letters right. And... Hey, is that uh, – do I hear Levi there in the background? Oh, yeah. He's playing <laughs> with his little Nemo fish. I'm trying to eat Nemo. <laughs> that is awesome. Hey, how you doing this morning, dude? I'm doing great. Happy Purple Friday, everybody. Happy Purple we are, Friday. We are 23 days away until NASCAR Super Bowl, and we're 16 days away until the NFL Daytona 500. So how about that? <laughs> did he seriously just do that? <laughs> I, he does it all the time, and I absolutely love it. Uh, well, dude, I, I guess there's no better way, no better place to start. Uh, your boy's sitting here across from me right now. He's got his Ravens hat on. Haha, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> he's got pirate football gear on dude i mean if if you're allergic to purple you are in trouble in my uh in my plush well well protected studio right now let me tell you for sure here dude gotta you know we talked about your party last week uh and it was awesome dude by the way dude how did you fit 30 people up in your man cave dude and i know your man cave is twice the size of mine but still it felt like, and I'm, I'm exaggerating, but only just a little. Well, you had about 20, yeah. 22 people up there, right? Yeah, we we did have a we did have a solid crowd up here. I hadn't actually done the math to figure out how many people were were up here, but uh, it was a good crowd. I'm still cleaning up from it. Uh, <laughs> everything everything's finally been washed and brought back upstairs. Now we just got to put it away. Get ready for for the next one. We're we're not really going to be doing anything on Sunday. Very low key. Um, I don't know that my liver can survive another party like the one we just had. Uh, but if, if Sunday goes really well, the Super Bowl, we're, we're going to have folks over for that regardless. But if Sunday goes really well and the Ravens punch their ticket to this thing, we're going to have an all out freaking rager over here. 
dude. That is so awesome, man. I'm assuming that uh, uh, Brian and Linda get an invitation to that. Absolutely. Dude, that is awesome. Let's talk about uh, your Ravens against uh, the Houston Texans this past week. Good game until halftime. 10-10 at halftime, and uh, Scott alluded to it uh, in her monologue earlier before we pulled you up here on the air. Uh, Evidently, Lamar, who I think is becoming a a great leader more and more every day, uh, showed some of those leadership uh, attributes at halftime of uh, that Texans game. He certainly did. Uh, I thought it was a bad game until halftime, and then it turned into a great game. So we we obviously view that a little different, and that's okay. Um, but, but yeah, he, he apparently took the reins from, from coach Harbaugh walking in the locker room and said, all right, coach, I got this. And, and he went in there with a expletive laden halftime speech to the, uh, to the Baltimore Ravens, basically getting them fired back up. The offense was very flat in the first half. Uh, the defense played a great game from, from start to finish, uh, just all around great game. Uh, they, they become, you know, we talked about this prior to last week, they were the only team that had kept Houston out of the end zone all, all season long. And they are still the only team to have done that. Now, they did score a touchdown. That was special teams. It was a, uh, it was a punt return. But they, they are still the only team to keep Houston's offense out of the season, all, all se- out of the end zone all season long, and they did it twice. Uh, so a great game by the, by the defense without Marlon Humphrey. You're hoping you get him back on Sunday because you just become a little bit more – open with what you can do with players like Kyle Hamilton uh, when Marlon Humphrey's back on the field. But, uh, yeah, second half, uh, Lamar Jackson really showed up, um, had a couple of passing touchdowns throughout the game, so we hit the over on that. Um, had a had 11 carries himself, so we hit the over on that. Uh, and it was a great game. Well, it was a lot of fun. To I'm, watch. Glad, I'm glad it's not one of those games that came down to the final possession because, man, <laughs> I would have probably drank a lot more. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. But anyway, uh, Paul Whittington on our Spence Automotive <laughs> guest line right now. Dude, uh, man, you couldn't ask for – I mean, it, it would have been good whoever it was going to be. If it was going to be Buffalo coming into Baltimore or even Kansas City, which it is, man. Dude, I am as excited for this. Dude, I mean, I could – this weekend of NFL games, does it get any better? I mean, Detroit – uh, going to San Francisco, who was pretty much uh, between San Francisco and Baltimore, they were the two top teams in the regular season all year. Uh, I guess you could throw Philadelphia in there for a few weeks before they <laughs> before they self destructed, and even Dallas early on. But uh, man, does it get any better than this, dude? Uh, Kansas City at Baltimore, and then Detroit, the uh, the team everybody in America except for what about twenty five. Uh, 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 49ers fans, everybody's going to be pulling for Detroit this weekend. Man, this is just going to be – it's going to be a great Sunday of football, isn't it? It certainly is. Uh, it, it's one of those games where – or it's one of those weekends in the playoffs that rarely happens where you really get the four best teams that are left. And, and, and you know, Kansas City did, probably didn't have the season that they were hoping for, uh, but they are still the defending champs. And, and the Ravens have said it best all week long. You, you got to beat the champs to be the champs. And so they're going to have their opportunity to do that this weekend. Um, and then on the, on the NFC side, you know, the 49ers have been, have been the team to beat all season long in, in out of the NFC. And so has Detroit. 
both both of those teams have just played ridiculously good football. They're both well coached. Uh, they they both have just outstanding playmakers on offense and defense. Uh, I don't think you could ask for a better weekend of conference championship football. Hey, I 100% agree with you, Paul Whittington. Uh, well, let, let's break down these games a little bit then. Uh, tell you what, we'll even start with Detroit. Uh, we'll save the best for last uh, with uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Dude, Detroit, who is just – I saw – you know, I've seen so many memes uh, over the past week, but – uh, one of them where uh, Detroit wrenches the uh, America's team title away from the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> they really are, dude. I mean, I, you have no dog in this fight, but who are you pulling for between the Lions and the 49ers? Oh, definitely definitely, definitely the Lions. Uh, I, I will tell you, though, my, my fear factor is real here. If the Ravens get past the Chiefs and, and go to the Super Bowl, they're going to be matchups matched up against a team that they've already played in the regular season because the Ravens beat the stuffing out of the 49ers, beat the stuffing out of the Lions. My fear factor is real because I don't know that you do that twice in one year. Yeah. I think you can win win against the team twice in one year, but I don't know that you can blow a team out twice in one year, especially when you have film to go back and look at from just a few weeks ago uh, in San Francisco's case. So, uh, I, I think this game is going to be really good. In my opinion, it for the 49ers, I don't want to say it all rests on Debo Samuel, but I think him being on the field obviously makes them better. Uh, without him on the field, I think this is maybe a little bit closer than the, than the spread is predicting. Scott? No, I was going to say, well, I mean, the Ravens, they did blow out Houston twice this year. I mean, just wanted to say that. But I mean, it, it, to your point though, it is hard to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm also, I have the same fear factor as Paul has. Um, I think I'd much rather face the Lions, and I am pulling for Detroit to win this weekend. Um, it's, it's been like, like y'all both just said, it's, it's going to come down. Does Dabo play or not? I feel like, I feel like if Dabo plays, San Fran's most likely going to win. If he doesn't, I feel like Detroit has a really good shot at winning. Um, that game on Sunday. It's, Paul, how surprised are you that uh, the 49ers have – they started out as six-and-a-half-point favorites. The opening line was six-and-a-half. It crossed that Rubicon over into seven, and now in some books you can get seven-and-a-half, seven-and-a-half, and eight points right now. Uh, and, again, hey, this is bet on the bull, Paul Whittington, so, you know, we like to talk <laughs> – uh, you know, we like to talk lines there. But I, I've been a little bit surprised by it. I really thought with – Again, the Lions being America's team, you know, for this week and everybody pulling for the Lions, I really thought money would come in more for Detroit. How surprised are you, Paul? I guess just to cut to the chase, how surprised are you that uh, all this money has been coming in and that line has actually moved up, like I said, crossed the Rubicon from six and a half to seven, and now it's even gone up to eight in some places? I'm surprised it's moved up given that, Debo Samuel has been limited in practice on Tuesday and when, or excuse me, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, he hasn't been a full participant in practice this week. And when you have a playmaker like him, who's a big part of your offense, it's a little surprising to me that Vegas says, all right, this game might be a little, might be less close than we originally thought. Uh, now that Debo Samuel's not playing like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I'm very surprised to see it, to see it moving in that direction. 
Hey, a good question here. And I, I yes, well, you know how we do, Paul. We we are on eight lane highway and we'll swerve from lane to lane to lane. Good question here from Mickey Weatherington has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now, but I don't mind asking you this. How surprised are you, uh, Paul Whittington, that the Atlanta Falcons passed on Bill Belichick as their head coach? They've hired somebody else. I, I don't have his name right here in front of me, but you know, Bill Belichick interviewed with them twice. Not once. We're talking about a six-time Super Bowl winning coach interviews twice with a team, and then that team, the Atlanta Falcons, not exactly you know one of the premier franchises in uh, the NFL, end up passing on him. Your thoughts on that, Paul? Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons hired Raheem Morris, uh, yep, who is yep, the defensive yep. coordinator for for the LA Rams. You know, I I'm surprised, and I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm surprised because you got a chance to go out there and and get a guy like Bill Belichick, who you know is a is a Hall of Fame coach in in every sense of the word. But I'm not surprised because you know the, the Atlanta Falcons are probably a team much like the Carolina Panthers, much like any other struggling team in the NFL that want to build something and be competitive for several years down the road. And, and I think Bill Belichick can deliver that, but Bill Belichick's got fewer seasons left in the NFL than, than the opposite. Like he, he's, he's nearing the end of his career. So if you want someone who can potentially have some longevity in the position, it makes sense to not hire Bill Belichick, but it is a little surprising because, you can you can finish sub five hundred in in that division and and make a run in the playoffs. No, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I tell you what, the one that I'm surprised by, I, I I'm with you, Paul. You're one hundred percent correct, Mickey. That was a great question. Atlanta's trying to build something. I mean, they're they're not, you know, uh, they're still two two at least two steps, three steps away from being a content. I mean, a true contender, dude. The Dallas Cowboys are a true contender right now. In my opinion, I still think the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah, they faded down the stretch, but I still consider them a true contender. Those were those two off the top of my head were the ones that I thought, you know what, get rid of your coach, get Bill Belichick in there. He's got all the pieces put together there. Uh, just you need, really, you just need a good coach to tie it all together. That's what I thought was going to happen, Paul and Scott. I thought that uh, Dallas or Philadelphia was going to fire their coach and then bring Bill Belichick in just to tie up all the loose ends. Your thoughts on that? Well, I tell you what, go with Scott first and then you, Paul. Uh, I don't know. I really haven't given it much thought on this whole coaching carousel. I, I am surprised that teams have passed on Bill Belichick. I saw a list yesterday of candidates that Atlanta um, interviewed, and they even had candidates that they interviewed twice. And I was actually surprised at who they picked over – who else was on that list? Yeah. So uh, I have no idea. It's all madness and craziness to me. <laughs> it is, Paul. Yeah, you know, I I thought one thousand percent that Jerry Jones was going to make a coaching change, and when Bill Belichick became available, I I firmly believed he was going to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and and I'm willing to admit right now that I was dead wrong about that. I'd have bet every dime that I had on it after the uh, after the Cowboys went out in the in the in the wild card round. I'd have bet every dime that I had that Jerry Jones, considering how he acted in the post game press conference that he did, I I'd have thought for certain he was making a change and Bill Belichick was going to be the guy. 
clearly I was wrong and that's, and that's okay. But, but yeah, I, I do think with the elite talent that, that the Dallas Cowboys have, I don't think it's a personnel problem. I think it's a coaching problem. Uh, I, I do, even though, even though it was the players that didn't perform in the wild card round, I think you just need, need a new, need a new voice in the, in the locker room. Uh, but the Dallas Cowboys are remind me just so much of the um, the LA Dodgers. Okay. Just phenomenally lights out in the regular season and consistent collapse in the playoffs. And neither one. And, of the- and no disres- no disrespect to the Dodgers, but like th- these are two big market teams that just blow it away in the regular season. And then just can't get it done when when you get to the important part of the season. Well, and neither one of those break my heart whatsoever between the uh, Dodgers <laughs> or the Cowboys. Can't stand either one of them. I did like the Dodgers, of course, when Chris Hatcher was there, but that's a that's a different point. On our Spence Automotive guest line right now, we have uh, Paul Whittington. He's a regular Friday visitor. Uh, we're talking NFL playoffs right now, and I've like I said the the the. Uh, uh, the Spence Automotive text line right now. Spence says, uh, <laughs> Belichick is going to Washington. Oh, God, no, I hope not, because I don't think that would be good. I mean, again, it's one of the Washington's two or three steps away from being, <coughs> you know, uh, even a, a a winning team, let alone, uh, you know, challenging for anything. I don't think that's going to go. And then Mickey Weatherington said, too much ego for Jerry to hire Belichick, and Bill would want too much control, and Jerry's not giving that up, and God knows that's true, too. So, Good, uh, good observations from both of those. Okay, let's wrap up the NFC portion of this and get uh, Paul Whittington's official prediction. So, uh, and we'll get Scott's too. Hell, hell, I'll throw mine in there too. Uh, like I said, dude, it's right now consensus is seven and a half points. Uh, Paul Whittington that uh, San Francisco is favored over uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, your your thoughts on that? Do they uh, will? Uh, Will uh, San Francisco cover and just a straight-up winner? Who do you think wins the game? So, I, I think San Francisco will cover. Okay. Uh, uh. The history of this matchup doesn't doesn't mean anything, but but this will be the 69th meeting between these two teams and the only the third in the playoffs. The last nice. time these two teams met in the playoffs was back in – uh, 1983, San Francisco won 24-23. Uh, you know, I just every everything about my heart says Detroit, but my gut just says San Francisco. Well, there you go. Uh, so that's your official pick uh, for the NFC Championship, Scott Whittington. Who you got? Do, what does San Francisco cover? Uh, and who wins the game straight up? I say San Francisco covers. Well, that uh, makes them the winner then. Well, no. Okay, hold on. No, I'm with Paul. My heart, my heart says Detroit, but I feel like it's going to be San Fran. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, I'm going with a straight up winner. I think San Francisco wins, but I think it's going to be a good game. And I mean, seven and a half points is just too many points, Paul Whittington and Scott Whittington. I really think that I see it being a help me here, a twenty-seven, twenty-three kind of game. 30 to 27 kind of game, but with San Francisco winning uh, and uh, not covering the spread. I mean, I think uh, take the points. 
is my advice to you. And I got to tell you, if you've been listening to me on Martin Panicelli's show, dude, I'm I'm batting at about 63% right now in the NFL picks, Paul Whittington. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. I'm doing pretty good. But, but again, I'm going to be pulling hard for Detroit, but I think, uh, I think the 49ers win. Okay, we've saved the best for last. <laughs> good Lord, you all right over there, Scott? Yeah, Scott's over there good. banging on uh, – on Linda's table over here, dude, Kansas City right, Chiefs. <laughs> What's he doing? Oh no, you were saying Scott's just over there beating on the table. Yeah, he's been. Well, he's excited about the Ravens. Right? I thought you were asking Levi if he was oh. all right, dude. Take, get, okay, play by play. What's Levi doing right now before we get into Ravens talk? He's just playing with these fish, talking up a freaking storm, watching a little <laughs> good morning football. <laughs> He's watching Good Morning Football. I love it. I love it. Okay. Baltimore Ravens, Kansas City Chiefs, the defending, uh, the reigning Super Bowl champs rolling into Baltimore this weekend. That spread right now. Let me look. I mean, I'm going to give it to you fresh fresh from Vegas right now. Uh, you can get that uh, between three and a half and four. Uh, and it started at three. It's actually gone up to three and a half and four points. In fact, no, I tell you wrong. It opened at two and a half, uh, Paul and Scott, uh, the Ravens. And then it crossed the Rubicon into three. And like I said, now it's three and a half and four. So, uh, that money is coming in for your Ravens over there, Paul, your thoughts on that. Yeah, no surprise. Uh, you know, Mark Andrews looks like he's going to play all indications are he's going to play. He's been a full participant in uh, in practice all week long. The the conference championship game was kind of always, even though we hoped it would be last week, the conference championship game was always what was circled on the calendar. So uh, it, we'll find out today by 4 o'clock if he's activated to the 53-man roster. But uh, he'll play, it looks like. And then Marlon Humphrey has, has been on the practice field all week long. He wasn't on the practice field last week, coming out of the bye week, stuff like that. He's been a limited participant. All week, we'll see how today goes, but there's a chance you get Marlon Humphrey back on Sunday to go against the Chiefs. You get those two players back, it's no surprise that uh, that point spread's moving up a little bit. Kind of kind of the inverse effect from, from what we talked about in, in the San Francisco-Detroit game, but getting excited, getting very excited with tempered <laughs> expectations, Brian. I got to ask you, man, as someone, and you're talking to, to me, to Brian Hanks, who has not had a team, you know, I was a Washington guy forever, and I still am, dude. I've actually even slowly but truly buying into uh, back into uh, Washington. But, dude, I've had nothing. When I say nothing to cheer about, I'm talking about, dude, since nineteen since uh, the winter of nineteen ninety two. Okay, <laughs> nothing to cheer about uh, since then, dude. Were either one? Yeah, well, yeah, you were born, uh, but Scott definitely wasn't born at that point. Dude, what does it feel like? And I'm going to start with you, Scott, on this, and we'll go to you, Paul, on this. So what does it feel like to actually have a team that is that you can have hopes and dreams with, Scott? Um, it, feel, it feels good. Um, also, there there is a there is some stressful moments, especially when you like just this your ride or die team. Like I have my sports teams, and everyone has that ride or die that they're just that's their one, and this is my one. And uh, but you know. I, I love this team. Um, it, it's great to see them in this position that they're in. You tell them, Levi, Ravens all the way, baby. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's great to be in this position as a fan. Uh, you know, you always want to see your team who you, who you pull for and whatnot. You want to see them in this position this late in the season, playing in January. So it, 
Feels good. Yeah, I feel, and I feel good for you too. What about you, Paul? I mean, someone who lives, dies, breathes Ravens the way you do too, just like Scott. It's got to feel good to have your team right here on the precipice of the Super Bowl. It feels absolutely nauseating, Brian. What? what? <laughs> absolutely nauseating. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm being a little sarcastic, but like 10% serious. Like, it's great. It's great that the Ravens are still in it. It's great that they're one of the last four teams. It's great that you've had, you've had like, just all this build up to, to this moment and to see them playing as well as they are, to see them in the, kind of this win now mode. But what's nauseating about it is, you know, the Panthers knew pretty early on they weren't going to the playoffs. So when the further you get into the playoffs, the bigger the heartbreak when it doesn't go your way. <laughs> God. It, uh, again, try, here's who I need to – you need to have a conversation with our good friend Richard Clark, okay? Biggest Cowboys fan I know. You two are the biggest Ravens fans I know. He's the biggest Cowboys fan I know. And you want to talk about a heartbreak. Year in, year out, you're picked to be one of the, you know, four, five, six best teams in the NFL. And he's not even seen an NFC championship game since 1996. Okay. 96. Years and years, they, he's supposed to be the best or one of the best. And yeah, his heart is broken every year. Now, that's heartbreak, Paul Whittington. It certainly is. But to be fair, the Ravens have never seen an AFC championship game in like 51 years. Well, they played in them, but they just haven't hosted them. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'm being sarcastic. I'm being sarcastic. Yes, this is the first, this is the first, uh, like, Ravens, this is the first AFC championship game played in Baltimore since the Colts went to the AFC championship, like, back in 1971. Dude, that is awesome. Are you? I, I know you're uh, hosting a party. I got to ask you, from zero, you're absolutely not going to go to 100%. You're going to buy your tickets when we get off the air here. How close have you been to uh, thinking about going up to ball, to M&T for this uh, game, Paul Whittington? Uh, like a point five. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you when seen they ticket first, prices? Really? Yeah, when, when they first beat the, beat the Texans, uh, in my alcohol-induced uh, <laughs> celebratory dance that I did, I was like, "I'm going," and then and then that was really as far as it went because <laughs> the this is the first, like I said, this is the first AFC Championship game in, in that that Baltimore has hosted since 1971. It's the first in the history of the Ravens and and M&T Bank Stadium. Like this is the ticket if if you're a Maryland resident uh, and. As it should be, but the the ticket prices are are pretty insane. Especially, you know, the stakes are even higher when you're the only thing that can excuse me when you're the only thing that can save America from the Taylor Swift Super Bowl. See, I was hoping. <sighs> Doggone it, man! You've been on the air now with us for 28 minutes and 34 <laughs> seconds. And I was doing my best to avoid uh, even mentioning that, which it doesn't bother me, but I just, everybody else wants to do we it. We don't so have to talk about it Yeah, anymore. we're not those people. We're not going to do that for sure. Okay, let's... Uh, although, although I'll say, I'll say this. It does feel like the, the NFL is trying to make it happen uh, with their selection for the, uh, for the referee for Sunday, who has, uh, who, if you look at that referee statistics, only 40.8% of the time, do the home team win? Does the home team win when he is the official? And he calls more false starts against the home team than any official in the league. 
you, you know, you, Scott, Scott, don't cry, man. Don't cry. Scott's over here uh, dabbing in his eyes as you say that, okay? <laughs> hey, I got uh, Linda Hanks, you know, the uh, executive producer of the show. She said, can you guys keep it down so I can hear Levi? Well, I had to pick him up because he got right fussy. And <laughs> so he's actually closer to the phone than he's been this entire time, and he's perfectly quiet now. Well, there you go. I like that. Okay, let's wrap this up. Hey, can you hang with us a couple minutes into our second hour? Absolutely. Very good, because well, I do want to get some Canes talk in. Believe I mean, as well as they've played the last couple of days, I want to get some Canes talk, maybe even get a NASCAR update from you. But we'll wrap up this hour uh, talking about uh, this Ravens-Chiefs uh, game. I, let's go ahead and get it. Uh, let's get your official prediction here. Uh, it's uh, I'm going to go with as I look across the board here. Uh, there are dude. There are more four point favorite games, just straight up four point, than there is three and a half. So, Paul Whittington, your official Kansas City Chiefs versus Baltimore Ravens pick three o'clock Sunday M and T Bank Stadium, Baltimore, Maryland. Who you got? Uh, do they beat the spread? Do they uh, win the game? Well, this is the the thirteenth time these two teams will play each other. Second in the playoffs. Fifth time uh, between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. First time for those two in the playoffs. Uh, it's the matchup that we have been waiting for. Two of the most elite quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. You know, we don't pick opposing teams around here because we got rules around here, Brian. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going Ravens by a field goal. Wow. So you've got Kansas City actually beating the spread, but Baltimore winning the game. That's what we got. I think it's going to be a close one. I like. Give me a, this, give me a score just for poops and giggles. Give me a, a, oh, yeah. a score. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-seven, twenty-four. I like it. I like it. Scott Wooding, it's your turn. Four-point favorites. Your Baltimore God-fearing Ravens. Who you got? Don't. I, I'm not. Whatever, whatever with the spread. Whatever okay. with the spread. They're coming to the bank. Let's take care of business. Give me the Ravens. Listen, if you're out there and you don't follow Scott Whittington on uh, Snapchat, you are uh, you're cheating yourself on Ravens game days because nobody does it better than uh, than Scott Whittington with his uh, Ravens game day. I, do not give me a representative of it right now because I don't want people. No, no, no. I don't want people running <laughs> off the road and you know if they're trying to you know soothe their baby right now. You know, like uh, Paul's going. <laughs> We, we we don't we do hey we just don't need that kind of energy right now okay Paul, or Scott okay okay there you go okay I'm about hey, to woo I, well, hey, listen I'm going to give you my pick I think the Ravens be I, I, all three of us I guess have something different I think the Ravens are going to win I think they're going to uh, cover give me the I'm going to lay those four points I think the Ravens win uh, and I don't think it's going away but I think it's I think they'll separate themselves in the fourth quarter. I'm going to say, you said 27-24, Paul. I'm going to say 27-17. I think uh, the Ravens win. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that one one bit. Yeah. A 10-point win. I, I, I'd love to go out there and win 90 to nothing. It's not going to be that. I mean, listen. No. Mahomes no. is uh, the best quarterback in the game right now, I think. But this may be the opportunity where uh, Lamar – 
establishes himself and maybe he takes the crown from uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think that's a possibility, but I really I think it's going to be a grinded out. I think it's going to be a tough game, but I think the difference is your defense. I think uh <laughs> dude, I Lamar may only again, dude, he threw for 150 yards last week. That's it. 150, but two touchdowns ran for two more. I see something similar to that this week. I think he'll run for at least one. He'll throw for at least one. And uh, 27-17, I think you guys win that game. But that wraps up our first hour of the Brian Hanks show today. Paul Whittington, Scott Whittington, they're going to hang out with me for a few minutes here into our second hour. And uh, coming up, our next hour, TGIF with IP. Perry Tindall from Kinston High School here on the Brian Hanks show presented by Lenore Community College.